0: Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. I hope the Word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. Which says, when they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity we have this morning, Lord, to be ministered to by your word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint each one of us to receive from you. Lord God, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding. I pray that you'd remove every hindrance and distraction from us receiving from you today all that's in your heart towards us. I ask that you would anoint me to preach your word this morning. God, that it would release faith and vision into the hearts of your people. We thank you, God, in advance for all that you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go and be seated. Praise the Lord. What a powerful, what a powerful story. And, um, God has used this story, uh, a lot lately to influence, um, how I interact with people. And, and, um, just recently, God's really put in my heart a, 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 uh, some new things. Don't you love it that you can read the same stories and the same sections of the, of the Bible, and it's like you read it for the first time because I never saw that. I never realized that. I didn't notice that, like the, the nuances of the word, and, and I'm so thankful that, you never, that that never stops. And so when you read the scripture, I love the uh, emphasis upon healing, that we see in this text, and I'm just going to walk us through it, and, and uh, God's going to speak to us a number of things, but Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem, and uh, on his way stops in Jericho, and as he's uh, going through, this uh, blind man, Bartimaeus, hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming through, and cries out to him, um, if you've ever wondered why it says things like Jesus of Nazareth, is because Jesus was a fairly common name uh, in that time. And so there was a distinction, right? This was Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus from down the street, Okay, right? And um, so he's going by, and there's, uh, as, as usual, there's a crowd of people traveling with Jesus. But blind Bartimaeus begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now that statement in itself, that there's significance to it, son of David is in reference to the, the, the messianic promises of one that would come in the lineage of David to rule and reign and establish a kingdom, the Messiah. And so that's the statement that Bartimaeus is making, right? Not just any person, but Jesus, the son of David. He cries out, and then uh, the people that were with Jesus is like, hey, Shut up, right? Be quiet. You're causing a, a distraction. You're, this is not helpful to what's happening right here. And, uh, but how many of you know when you really need something, you're not gonna be quiet? And there's a whole message in that, that there are things that, that, that uh, in the kingdom that you've got to fight for, you've got to press for. Like the woman with the issue of blood, you have to press in to receive from the kingdom of God at times. And uh, many times you've got to press through the haters, um, those that are they're telling you to be quiet or what you're saying doesn't make sense. Um, but he cries out even louder, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." And Jesus stops. And he turns and he t- speaks to the people with him. He says, "Hey, go call him here." So their tone changes. They're, okay, we've got to pay more attention now. Uh, cheer up. He's calling you. Come. And I find it interesting that that at that, Bartimaeus, it says it. it he jumps up. He doesn't just get up, but the Bible makes. Um, It's important to note that he throws off his cloak. He jumps up and responds to the call. And there's something significant there as well. I want you to take note of that. That it's not a a ho-hum attitude or, you know, oh, maybe this time he'll heal me. No, this is my moment I'm going to receive from the Lord. It's faith. It's faith that got him up in that moment. He comes to Jesus and uh Jesus asks them a question, and if you've been coming to this church for any number of time and have come up for prayer, it'll be a familiar question. Why? Because when you come up for prayer, we ask you the same thing. What do you want God to do for you? Right? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And the importance and the significance of that question, and I love that Jesus asks questions because, and it still happens today, your answer is actually where your faith is. Not where you think your faith is, but when you're forced to answer, that's where your faith is. So Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Testing the faith on Bartimaeus, because Bartimaeus could have said, I need some money, right? That's a common thing. He was, that's what he was doing uh, more often than not, is asking for alms, for, for money to be able to survive. He, he's blind. Okay. But as he says, that I may see. And Jesus responds, by your faith, you're healed. And uh, the healing aspect really isn't a major um, point of my message this morning. Though I will say this, if you're in need of healing, there is healing for you. Not, Not maybe, there is healing for you. Let me just speak to that just for a moment because there's a demand. There's there's people, you're concerned about some things. Um, there, there There's this uh, thought that had been going around the body of Christ for many years. It's that uh, through Jesus' prayer, uh, the model for prayer where he says to pray on earth as it is in heaven, there's actually a, a question that people have where it says... Um, where well, it talks about God's will being done. And they, they use that term, that, that statement by Jesus to say, well, maybe it's his will and maybe it's not to heal you. When in actuality, what Jesus is saying is that it is God's will to heal you and that we're to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Now, uh, anybody ever heard of uh, John G. Lake? Okay, John G. Lake had a tremendous healing ministry, and even after his death, and even today, there's a ministry happening today, healing rooms happening today as a result of his ministry. Well, in, his, in, in dealing with that concept in the church, he asked God, God, what is, what is your will then? And he went into a vision. He writes about this vision where an angel shows him just a, a street on the earth. And if you stand at a street corner, you'll see people limping, people in need of healing, right? And then the angel took him to a street in heaven and there was no limping. Everybody was healed and whole. And so he asked the angel, why is that? And the angel said to him, because his will is done here. And that is the reason that Jesus says we pray on earth as it is in heaven because his will in heaven is healing. And that means his will on earth is healing today. And we operate from that place of healing. And that means that for today that you can claim healing and wholeness in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. So maybe we'll talk more about that this evening. However, I want to point out a couple things that God is speaking to us from this text this morning. And one is that we're called to to testify. Now, where do we see that in this text? How did Bartimaeus know that if Jesus ever came by, that he had to do everything he could to stop Jesus? Because he heard that where Jesus was, people were healed. Because some, somewhere along the line, someone said or he heard someone talking about, if Jesus of Nazareth ever comes by, you do whatever you, you cry out, whatever you've got to do, because Jesus heals people. There was a testimony that, that he heard of the goodness and the love and the power that Jesus has available to those that would cry out to him. Come on, can somebody get inside of this, excited this morning that there is an anointing? And that's why that, that uh, the Bible says in revelation that they overcame the devil the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony why because the testimony when we share of what God has done in our lives it releases a faith you know that faith that was upon Bartimaeus in that moment was a result of a testimony was a result of hearing about Jesus because he'd not seen Jesus I mean he come on he was blind so, and so he wouldn't have been able to travel very far. He would have had to hear. And I'll tell you right now what the world needs to hear is a, 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 a God that loves them, that has power for them, that they don't have to live in, in, in sickness and disease and infirmity, they don't have to live in sin, they don't have to live uh, under that weight of destruction, that there's a power from God available to them and, and that they can cry out to him. So we have a, a, a responsibility before God to carry the testimony. Can I tell you, I love when God does things in my life, but I love even more when I am able to see it multiplied. How do you see it multiplied? When you share what he's done, it becomes multiplied. It releases faith. Hey, if God did it for them, maybe he can do it for me. Then I'm going to try and, I know I've got a time limit, so I'm going to keep my story short. But, um, You ever thought of the the verse and the statement that we say many times in church that uh, we're more than conquerors? You ever thought about that? I mean, it's good to sit down and think about the things that we're saying so that we actually know what we're talking about. Um, What is more than a conqueror? Because I think more often than not, we we, uh, um, operate like it's just a conqueror. Like, okay, we believe and we pray and we fast for things to be done in our lives. And whether it's an issue of sin or an issue of healing or an issue that where we need provision, wherever we need God to show up in our lives and he shows up and we conquer that thing and we stop there. What is more than a conquer? More than a conquer is one that goes beyond the victory to see it multiplied, to 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 pillage the works of the enemy and to bring glory to God. And if you look in scripture, when God gave people victory, even in the Old Testament, that they were blessed um, after the victory. They they didn't just get victory. One of my favorite stories is where these three armies are coming against the people of God. And God's like, don't worry, I've got this. You march out against them. And I'm I'm shortening this story. But God wipes them out. They get to the valley and all the armies, they're all dead and not only did god give them victory but it it took them 3 days to carry out the spoils the the valuables the things that were there that's what i would call more than a conqueror because not only did they win not only did god give them victory but they were they 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 pillaged what was intended to destroy them, they pillaged. And we do the same. If God's brought you out of alcoholism and, and, and healed you and set you free, it's not simply for your benefit. It's so that it can be multiplied through you so you can reach into the lives of those that, were, that are bound in that thing and be able to say, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. And then you see the victory. You see it multiplied through your testimony. So Bartimaeus, he heard from somebody. In some way, I'm going to encourage you in this season, we need more testimonies. I like to, I like studies. I like to analyze things. I'm, I'm probably one of the few people where if you start talking about some study that you heard or read about, I'm sitting, scooting closer and I want to hear what you're talking about. I just, that, that, in, that's uh, exciting for me. And so I did a study. I put out some things on my social media, and you guys, many of you were, were part of that study and you didn't know it, <laughs> on my Facebook, and I would put out things of, of, um, things that were more convicting uh, of, of sin or, or, or character, areas that need to be changed, and it got some likes. But then I put things like um, a declaration we already made. I will not die, I will live. That's from Scripture And I said, declare it. And I put it out there, lots of likes, lots of shares. Why? Well, one, it's more encouraging, but I believe that there is a a major need today to come against the, the, the declarations of fear, to come against the declarations uh, that, that, that you're going to be sick, that, that, that all these people are going to die. We've got to come against those declarations. And this is the time to testify of the goodness of the Lord because people need it. People need to know that there is a God and that, that it can have an encounter with, them, with him that changes their lives. So we've got to testify. Secondly, this morning... God wants to use us to be a witness, which is a little bit different, and, and I'll explain why. When Jesus stopped in the story of blind Bartimaeus, I found it fascinating that he didn't call Bart, Bartimaeus himself. I mean, he's right there. And I said, God, why is that? And I want you to hear me. He turns to the people close to him and says, you go and call him. And it is a picture of how we, how believers are to be a witness. That, that Jesus, is anybody close to Jesus today? You just raise your hand, it's okay. Even if you're like, ah, you put your hand up there, put your hand up <laughs> there. Sometimes we go through things where we might not feel like it. But if you ask Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, he's come into your heart and you're close to him. But that also means that there's a responsibility to turn to those that, that the Bible says that the the unsaved, that those that don't know Christ are blind, spiritually blind. And those that are close to him and hear him have the opportunity, the responsibility, the stewardship of, of being able to say, cheer up. He's calling to you. Come. Come And where Jesus could have initiated the miracle himself, he uses those close to him to be a part of the process so that they can can, uh, receive. I mean, I I believe that those that called Bartimaeus, that they received of the the eternal reward and blessing that would come as a result of the transformation of Bartimaeus' life. And it's the same today. The Bible says that when we allow ourselves to be used by him to be a witness and to reach into the world and to see the works of Jesus released into our world today, that there is a reward that gets stored up in heaven on our behalf, that moth or rust cannot uh, decay. And we've got a call from God, just like those those near Jesus said, come, cheer up. He is calling to you. We have a responsibility to do that as well. Now let me say this: if you don't feel qualified to talk to somebody about Jesus, to, to testify, I, I believe that firmly that the moment of salvation is your qualifying qualifying moment. the, the, the moment you get saved, you get qualified to do something for God. That, that is the moment. Um, me, when I first came to this church, 15 plus years ago? What was that? 2006. Uh, August of 2006. When I first came, I sat back there and uh, in the middle of worship. And at that time, the worship leader, Pastor Daniel had not moved here yet, but at that time, the worship leader was leading from the drums. So he'd be playing and he'd be singing. And man, it it was amazing. But it would start feeding back the, the sound. And uh, he would stop playing. He would get up and go to the back and fix the sound and come back up and then start leading worship again. Now, my background, I'd had some background in being able to, to do sound and to help with that. And I said something, I said, I can help with that. Now at that point, I, you know, I I'd known the Lord, I'd grown up in a Christian home, but. I hadn't really been living right. And, um, but it was from that moment I said that I could do something about that, that I, I spoke to the worship leader afterwards and the pastor, and I said, you know what, I, I really would like to help you um, with that. I can help. And so they put me in the sound booth. And uh, I, I just want to say, if you work in sound and media ministry, back there. I love you so much. You, oh, you're such a blessing. Please, every time I see you, please put your hands together. I, I want you to turn around and look at them. And really, truly, because, because if you're in the sound and, and, and media ministry, the only time people look at you is when things aren't going well. <laughs> Praise God. And so I'm so thankful because I was, I was in that place. And, and um, you know, the, the person before me, before I came uh, and started helping with that, when something would start going wrong, um, they would hide under the sound booth. So praise God. Um, what I'm saying, though, what I'm saying is that when you begin to, to, to set in your heart that I can do something, It puts things into motion in the kingdom of God to propel you into your purpose. Let me say that again. When you settle in your heart and you begin to act on that, I can do something. I can serve. I can do something. It puts in motion in the kingdom of God the propelling you into the vision that God has for you. I have people that come. I have young people that come, college students that come, and, and they go, What do I do to, you know, I feel called a full time ministry, what do I do? And they're usually not encouraged by my response. I say, You join a local church, you find where they need help, and you serve. You serve. That, that is the way. Service, can I tell you, you're like, No, you should go to this and go to that. The schools are great, and all that is great, and it's good. Jesus' method for, for um, elevating people in ministry is service. You realize that, that service is his method. And in his, his ministry was service. He said, I've not come to, ser- to, to be served, but to serve. And he served his disciples, and he served, and, and the greatest level of service he gave his life. But my testimony is that I showed up, and I served, and then... When more qualified people didn't show up, I can do that. I can do that. Even when I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I can. <laughs> and all the leaders are like, don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah, yeah, Minister Mike. <laughs> Years ago, start of the media ministry when we, there, there was nothing. Right before live streaming, and I needed equipment, and I said, Pastor Daniel, we need this stuff. And he would go, Pray in tongues. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I would pray in tongues. And you know what? God would respond and we we would get all the things that we would need. And and I'll tell you, listen, listen, begin to serve. Don't look at the I don't have and I can't do. You begin to serve because the gifts, the gifts from God come through service. You begin to do it and then he shows up. We would like him to show up and then we go to do the things. That doesn't work like that. God wants to use you. I've been telling people everywhere I can go. I was um, in, in Dillingham and there's actually quite a few homeless people in Dillingham. And um, I was there and I just love hanging out with them and talking to them and sitting with them. And, and um, it, it was wonderful. But they said, Hey, you know, we heard that you're a preacher. Preach to us. And I love those moments. So I'm on, on the street um, outside one of the stores in Dillingham and I'm preaching. And this is who I preached to that. There's a story in, in the book of Esther where, and this is a just a condensed version, but there's a story in the book of Esther where uh, Esther and his, her whole people could have been wiped out. Uh, but her uncle writes to her because she had an opportunity to do something about it, to step up. And her uncle writes to her and says, could it be that you were raised up for such a time as this? Could it be that you were raised up for this moment? But it's okay if you don't, someone, God will raise someone else up. But what I've been telling people, and really there's a weight that's been upon this in my heart from the Spirit, is that, that don't complain about this time in history well, there's this illness and these things happening and all oh, the economy and all oh, the government. You are alive today for a purpose. That you, you were raised up today for such a time as this that there's things that God has put within you and done in your life that's for a purpose today. You've got to begin to, to look and pray and declare those things before God and, and uh, begin to step in those opportunities. You are made for today. You're not an accident. That you're made for today, for this time in history. And, and if, if God had intended you to be here in this time, there's something for you to do. There's something for you to do. I love, I believe it's Lou Engel that said it. But I love it. It says, God had a dream and wrapped you in it. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. And that new is not new new about you, but there's an intimate knowledge of not just your makeup, but your personality and your giftings and the vision and the plan he has for you in your life. And don't you know that if you would begin to do it, that he's going to supply everything that you need to be able to fulfill it. Not one time I've ever heard of God sending someone to do something or or, or, uh, calling them to do something that he didn't provide for. Now, there are plenty of people that went out because they called themselves to do something and it didn't work out. uh, uh, You can't judge God based on that. Everything he's called you to, he's provided. He's provided. It's, It's available to you. Even just living right. He doesn't even just leave us to live right by ourselves. He says everything that you need for life and godliness. He's given that to us. He's made available to us by his spirit. I want you to begin to believe. To do something for God. To do something for God. And and I'll tell you, it starts in serving in the local church. That is God's method. And I know that that we want something often that looks a lot more uh, glamorous than that. I go to a school and then I come back and they automatically make me a pastor and they they give me all. No, because you wouldn't survive and your people wouldn't survive. Because there's some things that only can be learned through service. You just ask Pastor Kirsten. He's got some stories. I love listening to his stories. There's things that you learn that, that they only learn through service in the kingdom of God. So let me wrap this up here. It's time to speak up. My last illustration from this text is not from those outside of Jesus, but Jesus himself. Let me tell you, everywhere that Jesus went, he operated in the gifts. And, and I know there's people that are convinced that it's just because he's Jesus and, you know, the Bible says he was, he's uh, fully man and fully gone. But it's the Bible also says that that, for lack of a better way to put it, he divested himself of his of his power. He allowed him. He humbled himself and came in in the in our form and like a servant and and. One of the purposes was to model for us how to be yielded to the Spirit and operate in the gifts because the, the, the gifts, that the healings and the miracles and the signs and the wonders came as a result of the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost that was upon his, upon his life. And the Bible says that same Spirit has been made available to us and he wants to work through you. And I will tell you this, if you will be, be yielded to God using you in service, he will do so. The anointing doesn't come before you need it. It's when you step into those moments that go beyond your natural ability that the power of God is released to, to bridge the gap. I love sharing about, uh, with people and, and teaching about uh, praying for people for healing because I used, to, I used to be so, I don't know if anybody else has felt this way, but when Pastor Daniel years ago would call on me to come and help pray for people for healing, I'd be a little anxious. I don't know how to heal anybody. Oh, God. And I'd try and hide, but he'd still call me out. (laughs) So I'm I'm being transparent because I was just so anxious about it. And I remember one day he says to me, you don't know how to heal anybody. The same thing I'd been saying. But when he said it, I realized, oh, yeah, I don't. I never will. Like there's not some achievement of knowledge or, or something that I've attained that now all of a sudden people get healed. No, I'm just obeying. And, and you reach out, and it's like those um, next to Jesus in our story who reached out to Bartimaeus, Why right? They they get to be a part of the miracle. They, they didn't do it. They didn't know how to heal, but they could reach out to Bartimaeus. God's calling you. He's raised you up for such a time as this. This is your moment to declare the goodness of God and the grace of God, to see healing and signs and wonders and miracles begin to flow out of your life as a result of yieldedness to the power of God. And And, and there is... <laughs> One of the verses that I keep going back to is that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And that ministry has been placed upon us today that that my intention when I wake up is, okay, I'm gonna destroy the works of the devil today. And it's not something about me, but I wanna operate in his power and his ability today. And And it only happens when you make yourself available to serve and to love people. So if I could have someone come and play with the cool earrings. (laughs) I want to challenge you in something. This is something God's put in my heart recently. If you want healing, maybe you've been believing for healing, pray for someone for healing. And this is why I say that. What you truly believe comes out in your life. And this is one of the reasons I'm convinced not, not as many people as, as they think really believes in healing. You're praying it for yourself, but if, you're, if it's not coming out in your actions towards others, I will begin to doubt that you really believe it. See, because when you, if you believe that healing was for today, you'd pray for healing.